2: Hello and welcome to the season's penultimate episode of the Total Saints podcast. I'm Martin Stark. We're streaming TSP live on our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. So if you're watching on either of those platforms, and it's still Sunday night, you can get involved in the conversation using the comments section. Coming up this week on the podcast, reaction to the final game of the season, which ended in a heavy defeat at Leicester. Let me introduce you to our TSP guests this week. Uh, Just the two of them. Steve Grant is the owner of Saints Web. Are you looking forward to the summer now, Steve? Are you glad that's over?
1: Oh, thank God, that's over. <laughs> Jesus, just, oh God, just every everything about everything about this end of season with I mean us basically just sacking it off for three months, and Liverpool potentially winning everything. Um, I mean, thank God, City sorted themselves out in the towards the end of that because I think I'd have just <sighs> just gone gone off gone off into the forest for a few hours. I think otherwise, gone for a walk. Um,
2: yeah. Glenda Lecourt is the writer of the weekly Saints blog League One minus ten. Are you uh, fully focused on the cricket now? Football's done. Let's let's yeah, Hampshire. Are in the summer.
0: Hampshire are doing all right. So let's. Um, have you been snapped up st- by a cricket podcast? See, see how we screw that up. Yeah, yeah. We'll probably we'll probably mess it up. I'm not quite sure how Hampshire are doing so well because they seem to have a very really sort of strange team that they're picking most games. But they're um. Sounds familiar. Unlike, unlike us, <laughs> yeah. Unlike Southampton <laughs> Football Club, they're um they're sorting of out at the moment and they've got individuals that are stepping up and doing great things so um yeah long may it continue and maybe maybe hampshire will um i mean we last won the the county championship when i was three i think so it's um it's it's overdue (laughs) it's overdue so that yeah so that'd be nice so i'm I'm looking forward to a a bit of cricket in the summer
2: good well thank you both for your company this week the biggest hello and thank you of course is reserved to our wonderful patrons wherever you're listening or watching this week welcome to episode 199 of the total saints podcast (music) This is the Total Saints podcast with Martin Stark, Steve Grant, Glenda LaCour and the Athletics Dan Sheldon. Now this week we're going to be hosting a special live edition of the pod. It's going to be in Southampton and it's for our 200th episode. It's coming up on Friday, which is the 27th of May. We're going to be at the Five Rivers Sports Bar in Beavers Valley. I think the door's open at 7. We're going to be going live at 8. The evening is going to be supporting the Saints Foundation. 100% of the ticket proceeds are going directly to the charity and we're going to be chatting to some of the guys from the Saints Foundation to find out more about their work too. We'll also be looking back at the highs and lows of the season, uh, discussing the business that needs to be done in the summer. We're going to crown the winner of the TSP Fantasy Football League and you'll have a chance to quiz the panel and share a beer with some fellow Saints fans as well. Drown our sorrows together. Uh, So if you'd like to come along, you can find the link to the event in the description for the podcast. And of course, if you're not able to make it, you can always drop us a question via the website. So let's get on to the final game then. As I said, thank God that's over. Um, The final game of the season ends in defeat away at Leicester. Glenn, when we did the predictions last week, you said we
0: lose 3-1. So you weren't far off.
2: Kind of worked know. out as you thought.
0: <laughs> that's the positive. Yeah, yeah. It, it worked out kind of exactly as I thought it was going to work out. Um, I, no, it's not strictly true. I thought we'd let in early goals again and then it would just be a, a, a boring game. But the first half looked tediously dull. Um not a lot happened. Jamie Vardy had a dive as usual. Didn't get booked by John Moss as usual. I saw the one decent chance they had, Castagne's header that he he really should have done better with. That he he put over the bar. So the first half was kind of a non-event. Second half, I'm sure uh I think Steve's going to go into this one. The um the, the the first goal we let in is is an absolute calamity from uh from Leanko. It's just dreadful. Once that goes in, you know it's um you know we, we're not any good at the moment when we go behind? We're not any good when we go in front, but we're not any good when we go behind. And um, and and once it went two 0 that was it. Getting back to two one with the penalty was yeah, uh, you know, it was a nice bit of play by Stuart Armstrong before he got. Fouled. Um, I thought it was interesting that we were we were fighting with the goalkeeper to get the ball back, just so we could let in another one instantly. <laughs> um, that that worked out well, and, and that that third goal was absolute garbage as well. Everyone just standing around, and the fourth goal was the same. You know, Perez scores. He's got four players stood near him, and he, he's in the middle of them. No one's no one's marking him. No one engages. It's just just garbage. So yeah, again, it's it's the same as it's been for the last couple of months. Just absolutely dreadful. And yeah, I don't know, we'll probably get onto it, but there's got to be questions asked all over the place. Players, management, Hmm. where are we going? What are we doing? What's next year going to be like? I mean, when they they choose the um, teams most likely to get relegated next year, they always look at the team that finished the season badly. Now, Hmm. I don't know. I guess we're probably last 10 games, we're probably second bottom, just above Watford. I, I imagine we've got worse form than Norwich. We'll certainly be down with them. So, you know, if we if we go into the if we go into this into next season with the same set of players and, you know, nothing changing, then we're we're severely, not gonna get to thirty up, points, are we? Really <laughs> up against it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well we'll get on to all of that
2: uh in just a minute. Steve, what was your initial take on another Dreadful afternoon.
0: Yeah, I
1: mean, as as Glenn said, the first half kind of seemed to be two teams that that didn't seem seem to really be that fussed. Um, the one thing that I one thing I did notice was that our second half started about five minutes before everybody else, like all the other nine games that were going on, um, because basically everybody was just very clear in their minds of, of oh, let's just get this crap over with. <laughs> get <on> um, <laughs> yeah, and then of course you had the, that fairly horrible clash between Adam Armstrong and uh, Johnny Evans which which then ends us having with um seven minutes of injury time added on um so they didn't they didn't quite get uh, get what they were um they were going for there but yeah I mean it was just it was just annoying i mean as Glenn said there was nothing in that game for for fifty minutes and then all of a sudden we do something stupid and it's gone away from us again I mean I get that McCarthy's obviously not played for ages, so communication between him and Lianko. Probably isn't sort of up to speed, but all it needs is a big shout from him just to just to say keepers. Lianko can duck under that quite easily, and the ball the ball just bounces through to him, and it, and it's no danger. And then there's no we don't we then don't have this slightly strange argument about sportsmanship in in the game. I mean, you've seen the Premier League. There's there there is no sportsmanship. It's win at all costs. Yeah, and
0: you certainly can't expect it. You yeah. can't expect the other team to give you the ball back in this case. Yeah. Um, of, I mean, that...
2: of that first goal, though, Steve, because just before we came on, I was listening to the interview that Ralph was doing, and he was saying or suggesting that Leicester should have given us the the ball back from the kickoff to score to make it one all because he wasn't happy. We'd have missed. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> Um, so it was an injury, wasn't it? I think just before, and then the the ref gave the ball back to to them and not to us. But it's, if we don't switch off, then it's not a problem.
1: Yeah. So Vardy basically runs into um, Romeo's shoulder, I think. And yeah, yeah. Play gets stopped. And all of a sudden, I mean, I'm not even sure how he ended up. uh, I can only assume he didn't even get any treatment in the end, but play was stopped for it. And all of a sudden the ball's at Schmeichel's feet. He goes long and Lianco screws up two, manages to, the impressive feat of screwing up two headers. Um, One which he heads straight up in the air, which, I mean, literally you head that at any any possible any other angle other than literally straight up and you probably get away with it. But he's headed it straight up, got himself in a bit of a tangle, tries to head it back to um, McCarthy and just doesn't put anywhere near enough on it and Basically allows Vardy to go you know, clean through. Good I
2: mean, initial save from McCarthy, though. Yeah, wasn't it?
1: yeah. Mac- McCarthy spreads himself well, makes a very good save. But then um, Madison's obviously got a, got an open goal to tap it into. So yeah, it's I mean, it's, a, it's a dreadful goal, isn't it? And it's the sort of individual mistake we've been doing a lot of this sort of last three months. And it's just you've got we've got to cut it out. And it's. And it again comes down to individuals not doing, not doing what they need to. I mean, I, I, like, I like sort of Lianco's passion and, and the way he kind of wants to, he wants to get involved in everything, both on and off the pitch. But unfortunately, if you're... I mean, his, his problem today was that having made that one massive mistake, actually having played quite well, I thought, in the 50 yeah. minutes previous, mm-hmm. all of a sudden he then just completely loses the plot and he's all over the place for the, for the remainder. His head's, his head's gone completely. Which I kind of, I kind of guess you should sort of expect with a player who kind of has the the attributes that he has in terms of the way that he's sort of very sort of fist pumpy and and sort of adrenaline based. And when when you do have that um, sort of style, if your if your headspace isn't right, then then you're going to be all over the shop.
2: And yeah, that's that's basically what happened it's not going to make his Instagram real this week, is it? That's for sure. On his highlights. I wouldn't have thought so. Glenn, let's just talk about the the starting lineup because there were the three changes from the defeat at Liverpool. So Armstrong, Romeo and uh, Adam Armstrong came in and, uh, we'll talk about Adam Armstrong in a minute, but it meant that it looked like Salazar was playing on the left of a back four. Yeah, I mean, when, a bit
0: strange. when I saw the changes, I just thought, oh, this is the, this is three straight swaps, which is what it looked like. So yeah, gonna with play? Red,
2: Redmond playing at wing yeah, back. Yeah, so again.
0: I expected Redmond to be at left wing back, but it was basically a back four with, with Salazar at left back and Redmond was playing up front, you know, or so it looked to me, with, um, with Adam Armstrong. Now, you pick two strikers who've got two and one goals between them. For for the season, hey ho, didn't work, and they both sort of buzzed around and they tried to tried to get busy and tried to get on the ball, but it first half in particular, I just thought, we're, you know, we're just we're just never going to score it, and we didn't, you know, again we mm-hmm. didn't score from open play again. It's come from a set, you know, from a penalty, again. It's 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 an area of the the team. I mean, when was the last time one of our strikers scored? I think we touched on this before. I I think it was that it might have even been back at the the Tottenham game or or, or was it Bro Brogia in the cup game against, against West, West Ham? Ham. Was it? Yeah, yeah. I don't think one of our strikers has scored since then. And all that's done for me is is highlighted the the shocking problems we've had. We you know we were all smug at the start of the season when Brozier was or when mm. was playing well thinking, yeah, we got rid of Danny Ings, we got all that money and we've got but it hasn't worked, has it? I mean, we we've we've severely struggled. So you know, to so so we're playing Adam Armstrong up front, who's struggled since he's come in, and Redmond, who's never a forward in a million years. Um, so I was I was pleased we went back to the you know the formation that we have got our better results with, but it just it just seemed to have a kind of lack of energy about it, and that formation for me only really works when all eleven players are on it for the whole ninety minutes. Mm. And even in the first half, in the first few minutes of the second half, even before we went behind, you could you could see that we were going to get sliced open at some point because, we, you know, we just weren't weren't 100 percent on it. So. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pleased he, he left out. Who did he leave out? He left out Teller and someone else from Ambrosia La- and, and from last Ambrosia. week. I mean, Teller deserved to get left out because he, he was terrible last week. And it, yeah, it probably was. It probably was better. Going with the going with the back four, but uh, you know, ultimately we've we've lost four one again, and it's just you know it's just not great. But there's there is a, an element to me of you know rearranging the deck chairs on the sinking ship sort mm-hmm. of thing. There's mm-hmm. it, it it almost um, seems to me that it, it doesn't matter what you do at the moment with the with the current sort of attitude that seems to be amongst the players of um, you know I think you can accept as a fan players being on the beach for the last game of the season when there's nothing much riding on it but we've not, been on not the, beach. the last 3 months <laughs> no we've been on the beach for far too long and there's been lots of people spending lots of money going to games and you know trying to support the team and they ain't been getting a lot back recently yeah dean says do you think it's a lack of goals is due to the strikers or the lack of creativity
2: from midfield that's a an interesting point that we've talked about the number 10 yeah it's, um, it's
0: it's both isn't it it's yeah. You know, you you score goals as a team, um, and obviously the set the set pieces is a, are a big part of it. And we we probably score a fair amount of goals from those. But open play, we, we have very very little coming from the number tens in terms of service. And the forwards at the moment are not playing well enough to, you know, magic things out of nowhere. We're we're not good enough to, you know, like when Man United were getting all those results when Solskjaer was in charge, they were mm. getting results because they had individual brilliance that would pop up somewhere. And, and save the day. We, you know, we had that at the start of the season with Brozier. He would, would come up with the odd brilliant thing and, and score a goal. Chay Adams did it at Watford. You know, a lovely curler into the top corner. Mm. You've had uh, Adam Armstrong stuck the odd sort of thunderbolt in the net, sort of thing. But it's it's too you know too little doesn't happen enough. And so nap you know. So if you if you haven't got those individual moments, you've got to do it as a team. And we only seem to be able to our, our, our method of attacking now seems to be long ball or over committing, which means when we don't score, we lose the ball, and then it's just horrible. We're just so open, so it's a, it's not great all over the shop at the moment.
2: Steve, just a word on Adam Armstrong and his performance today. That was a, a nasty clash of heads. Not a, a great end to what's been a, a tough season. You know, we came in at the start and we thought, well, you know, it might take a while to to hit the ground running, but it's it's been it's not the season he was hoping for
1: it's been tough but i think part of that represents the the huge step up when you're a centre forward championship defences and premier league defences are not remotely the same um you don't get the fraction of a second time that you get in the championship and i mean we've discussed this before that armstrong's goals the vast majority of them in the championship came with basically they were first time shots sort of snap shots but they give you half a yard of space in the championship premier league you don't get that you don't get that time and space to kind of make that make that happen the only the only time it he got it was that villa game where he scored scored the only goal hmm. that was basically a carbon copy of loads of goals he scored for blackburn last season but yeah he's he's just not come up against defences who, who have presented him those those opportunities
2: unfortunately do you think there's a premier um, league player in him do you think it will is it like Che adams and and it will come good um difficult to tell I and mean, the club of our size you you struggle to
1: get players who will, who when they make a step up, hit the ground running. It's not often that happens. Um, usually when players do make the step up and, and do get off to a fast start, it's because they've come up with a team and they've already got the relationships with their teammates. So everybody knows where they're going to go and you can create that way. Um, obviously we had that with uh, Lambert, Lalana, um, etc. Whereas, He's come into a completely new environment doesn't know anybody and it takes time to build those partnerships and unfortunately that's something we kind of as a team you don't really get because results are always needed and if you're not performing then you'll find you'll find that teams will, will find someone else who um, who maybe maybe performs a bit better and of course Brozier came in and and did the business for for a few months and Armstrong fell down the pecking order to the extent that he was even behind Shane long at one point which I mean, long long's performances by and large were actually okay, but it's not a not a good sign when your uh, your 15 million pound striker is um, not getting a game, and someone who may well hang up his boots this summer is is coming in ahead of him. So yeah, I think I mean this this summer's a big a big one for him. Um, if he can make sure he's in the right condition at the start of pre season, he and he hits the summer run, then then maybe there's there's something there. But if not. We kind of need to have need to have some some sort of backup plan, I think.
2: Hmm. Our part who's watching on YouTube says, Do we know why Brozier didn't even make the bench? I don't think we do. I don't think it was an injury. Let's just talk about the, the bench and the, the, the choices there, Glenn, because that was a bit odd for me. You've got I assume like Brozier, maybe because he's not sticking around next season, don't start him, he's not on the bench, that's fine. And then you get like Shane Long coming on who's but Shane Long and
1: Theo Walk out there.
2: Next week, yeah. And 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 Gineppo. Um is it is it that Ralph doesn't trust the the options that he's got with the the players that are coming through, or is it professionalism? Because you know these guys are the Long and Walcott are the, the biggest earners at the club, so should they I, be on the bench?
0: I haven't got an answer, and i I can't even I can't even begin to imagine why, as a club, we're you know we've been. If you look back through our social media from the start of the season, it's all about we're the club that gives youngsters a chance, you know, and we were showing off a, about Tina Livermento and how we'd given him a chance and he'd come through. Obviously, they've got to be good enough. But I honestly, for the life of me, can't understand if even only for giving them the experience of sitting on the bench, why you don't have four youngsters on there. They're, they're probably not going to come on, but to, to, to not even have them on the bench is... Is really really strange. I mean, Theo Walcott he hasn't made the bench in I don't know probably eighty percent of the games over the last since January. So why on earth does he make the bench today? He wasn't going to come on. There is no way Theo Walcott was going to come on. He, he's about fifth choice in every position that he can play. So he, he's he's not going to come on. I I just find it really surprising that you know with our club being marketing itself, if you like. The way it does as the the place for youngsters to come. Why some of the you know eighteen year olds were not were not sat on the bench? I know they played on Thursday, so um, you know it's three days ago. Like someone should have been able to you know sit on the bench and um, at least sort of like take in the game and get a, get a bit of experience. I I don't understand it, and I I honestly don't have an answer unless Ralph's trying to prove trying to prove a point because we you know we know managers have done that in the past. They've you know done things like not filled up the bench. Because mm. they wanted to say, "Look, we ain't got enough players." So maybe he was—he was saying, "Look, we've got nine on the bench here, and five of them, or you know, are, are not going to be here next year. So we need to sign X number of players." Maybe he's doing something like that. But it's a pretty—it's a pretty weird way to go about things if that is the case. So I—I'm—I'm I'm afraid I don't have—I um, don't have. Uh, we're all an at a loss. One. It's just yeah, one of the many bit.
2: things we're at a, a loss with it at the moment. Would you have mm. chucked a few in, Steve? Would you have put a few on the bench or? Um,
1: I mean, to be honest, I I might have I mean I don't necessarily know whether I'd have gone for the sort of proper sort of full on um throw all the under eighteens in because as Glenn said they 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 had a pretty tough night of things on, on Thursday. Yeah. And maybe maybe in, in another another situation where actually that game was last week, then perhaps you see um one or two of the more um, sort of prominent ones like obviously Dibbling was on the bench for the uh, Brentford game but he I think he'd been been injured um, so he only came off the bench for the for the kids on Thursday as well and uh, Ballard's injured as well so I wonder whether the unavailability of the of kind of the big guns of that team prob- probably hadn't had an impact you kind of look at the others are, are any of the others remotely ready to make the step up um, no idea. I mean, I, I don't. I don't watch enough of enough of the under 18s to all the all the B teams to know whether whether any of them have kind of um, got the sort of
0: physicality, I guess, for the for the big league. To make um, a step. Right, yeah, right now. Beautiful. So, like Thierry Thierry Small might have been worth another look. You know, I know. He, yeah, potentially.
1: Given given that we didn't have a give, yeah, given that we didn't have a left back, and I mean salasu showed today Or, or he's one no, he's competent no centre back. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice at the moment. <laughs> but yeah it's, i mean per, i mean to be honest of of all the ones i'd have i'd have thrown i mean what's the point in giving Smallbone three minutes of injury time like ralph bigs bigs the kid up um constantly and i mean we've we've seen in in sort of fleeting performances that there's something in there yeah um definitely. not quite sure whether whether kind of he's, he's back up to full speed um, or not from from his injury. Maybe he needs the full preseason to kind of have a proper run at that. But you'd have thought that you could have given him half an hour today at least. Hmm. Um so I found that a little bit strange. I mean Gineppo's not really been in and around the team for ages and yet and yet he comes on. Didn't really do anything either. Um so yeah it was it was, it was all a bit kind of almost felt a little bit half arsed. Yeah. Um it was like, well these these are the these are the guys that have got us here so they're the ones that are going to um they're going to see us out, and if that means that that we're on on the end of end of, be, end of a beating, then that means that they can they can be the ones that take the flak for it. Hmm.
2: Glenn uh, Saint Christoph uh, or Super Saint Christoph, who's watching on YouTube, says: Is it our expectations that are unrealistic? And I know we've kind of touched on this before, and we will do more at the live event on Friday as well. Season after season, almost like the lowest investment, the lowest net spend is it a case of it's kind of catching up with us now and we finished 15th we got 40 points is that kind of all we deserve
0: i think i think it's been catching up with us for a while to be honest i, I think the the selling of danny ings at the start of the season you know 10 minutes before the season started uh, i think that that has been a big loss but i still i don't think that's made a massive difference to where to where we finished maybe maybe we would have nicked another couple of results and, and finished a few points higher I think it depends what where you came in as a fan to to what your expectations are I mean I, I came in a long long time ago so I've kind of I've I've seen it all so nothing really su- surprises me now I thought this squad once we got up and running and we had that sort of little run against the big teams there was a there was a definite chance to push on and all the all the all the players have proved to me and the manager is that maybe they're not ready to do that certainly a number of the players I I look at the squad now and I just think we've only got about six players who I think are actually good enough for where the club wants to be but it's all very well the club saying we want to be in the top half we want to be in the top 10 the lack of investment over the years I mean you know our two main strikers our two strikers that we've got out the championship with, and we've signed them because they've got one year left on their contract, fifteen million quid each. I mean, Che Adams has had his moments, but he, he doesn't score enough goals hmm. for for a striker. Adam Armstrong is looking very, very similar. There are two main strikers. You can't skimp at the top end of the pitch, I don't think, and expect to um, you know to score a lot to, to score enough goals to be a decent side. And we've combined that recently, obviously with um, with not defended terribly well either. So th- there is a hell of a lot of work to do. But my expectations are, are not that high, <laughs> to be honest. So met them. <laughs> you know, you, you 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 do build it up sometimes. I mean, like you know, after that Tottenham game when we won three two, we we looked brilliant, you mm-hmm. know. And suddenly we had this starting eleven that looked really good. But a number of those players in that starting eleven have let themselves and therefore me down massively over the last, the last few months. And they're, they're just, they're just proved to me they're they're not, they're not good enough to keep up that level of performance. I think it's important to remember how young some of the players are. You know, if you, if you look at someone like Salisu, he's capable of very, very good games, but he's probably been running on empty the last, mm. the last few months. And so mistakes have crept in I mean I think we've got I think we've got too many young players in the side Salazar I think would be a much better player with a more experienced centre-half next to him and I think that is that is part of our problem and our experienced players I mean you see you know Bednarek has not had a great season Romeo's form's gone off a cliff Hmm. so there's a there's an imbalance in the squad in terms of experience as well which is I think the experience is what keeps you picking up results you know or grind out results when things aren't going terrible or you're not playing terribly well. So, yeah, uh, back to the original question. I don't have massive expectations, but I can understand people thinking we were going to do better this year, bearing in mind where we were in, um, in December time.
2: Well, Gary says, is it time that Ralph departed? That's going to be item one on the agenda <laughs> when we all sit around with a pint on Friday because I think we could talk about that for an hour. Steve, if you look at the league position, just the you know the black and white, same as last year, three points less. It's whichever way you dress it up, it, it's it's not been good.
1: It hasn't. And it does kind of emphasize how much we've we've kind of fallen off a cliff since February. That I think after we won at Spurs. I think we were something like 19 points ahead of the based on the corresponding games from last season and yet this and yet we've come to the end of the season and somehow we're 3 points worse. So we've we've dropped we've dropped off 22 points in games against teams that wow. we that we've got points against last year. Yeah, the the last 3 months has obviously been pretty concerning 5 points from from a possible 36. I mean that's not relegation form. That is finishing bottom while like probably below norwich um form so yeah something something's got to be got be looked at depends what what those conversations in in the boardroom and and in in meetings go like where, as to whether whoever it is that's making the decisions now just sort of decides that Ralph whether they think Ralph's the guy that's that's going to keep them That's going to keep us going, or whether they want to possibly help him out by changing some of the backroom staff over. I mean, we're we're kind of assuming that there's going to be a a fair amount of player turnover. Which Um, there might not be. (laughs) But again, yeah, I mean, again, wait and see. It's still still not quite sure on on that front. Or whether they just decide, well, no, let's now we've got our feet under the table. We kind of liked what we saw for the first two months of our tenure, but since then it's it's been nowhere near good enough. So sorry, we're gonna uh we're going to make a change it may it may come to that if they've already got a list of managers that they think would um would do a better job um with similar or maybe slightly better resources again kind of watch this space then they might think it's It's kind of worth worth kind of rolling rolling that dice.
2: Uh, Mark's talking about players. Which which ones would you be disappointed if they left? Obviously, James Paul Prowse, Carl Walker Peters, Liveramento, who's injured. I kind of feel that's one for over a beer on Friday as well. But Glenn, this in terms of like who comes in, we still don't really know what sort of signings we're going to be making. So it, it's difficult for us to, or I think it's difficult for us to start saying, well, actually this player would be good or that player would be good because yeah. the, the, we we don't know whether they're going to be going out and buying proven Premier League players or whether we can expect that we're still going to spend 15 million quid. We just don't have to sell somebody first before we get somebody in.
0: Whenever we get to this part of the season and you start looking at what areas of the team need strengthening and stuff like that, I always think you have to you have to strengthen the first team. You know, you have to strengthen the first team. And if a player drops out of the first team as as, as a result of you doing that, then that's what you need to do. If you've got a centre forward and you you buy a better one and the other one ends up on the bench, that's strengthening the squad. I, I've never really seen the point too much of buying squad filler players. You, you know, you should rep, you should replace in the top if you can afford to do so. Ralph always talked about there being basically six positions in the team. You know, goalkeeper, centre-half, full-back, number six, number 10, striker. In my opinion, honestly, we need one player for every single one of those six positions. Really, you know, we certainly need a striker. We're going to have to get a striker because the one we've got on loan has gone back. I'm not sure Romeu in the centre of midfield is going to be a, you know, a a 38-game-a-season player from now on. He seems to have really struggled the last last few weeks, which has ultimately ended up with him being dropped. Wide players, we've talked about that to death, the fact that we've got loads, but none of them. Really, really good, yeah. A, a good enough. Stuart Armstrong is the best of a bad bunch, but he seems to struggle to stay fit for long periods of time. Fullbacks are okay, but we've got the issue with Tino being injured. Centre halves, we desperately need an experienced, good centre half. Um and the goalkeeper situation, which we you know we've talked about to death. So that's that's all six positions that that need covering. I I don't really know what the obviously what the um what the amount of money in the budget is gonna be. And I'm not an expert on obscure European leagues. So who are we going to sign from? The Austrian First Division or whatever. <laughs> are we going to be doing that? Or are we going to be looking at, um, you know, championship players again? Or are we going to be looking at players in Chelsea's academy or Manchester City's academy? I mean, I see Rory De Lapp's son was mm. was linked the other day. Now, I don't know much about him other than he's a striker. But again, it's it's a, it's, a, it's another really, really young player. So that might work. It might not. I You know, it, it's... It, it really is a step into the unknown this summer, especially mm. as we've got the new owners and we've got you know Rasmus Ankerson with his Brentford model, if you want to call it that of of, of signing players you heard of from Scandinavia. Are we are we going to do that? Are we or are we going to do what we normally do and look at the sort of B grade leagues and try and sign players out of there? So it's uh, it's going to be interesting. But uh, one thing's for sure, we can't sit here and do nothing.
2: <laughs> no, that's, that's definitely true. And Steve, there were a few stories this week, or at least saw one story, that the, the club are going to back Ralph. Um, so you think, oh, well, that must have been leaked from, from somewhere. So do you, if they are going to do that, if that is the case, is it about getting a good marquee signing in early or is it more at the moment about the players that go? Because I'd be quite excited to see a, a few of them out the door first.
1: I think people are always more interested in incomings. I think if, if a few players drift off at Various points during the summer, it's like okay, well, thank, thanks, but yeah, don't let the don't let the, um door close we'll the out. Yes. Yeah, yeah, even if it involves going to Italy. But yeah, it's, I yeah, I always think incoming, incomings are, uh, what kind of gets people going. I mean, I, I, it's kind of the modern way, isn't it? That actual excitement with football isn't actually really about the football anymore. It's all about transfers and signing players. I, I think um. Uh, FIFA Ultimate Team has got a lot to a lot to say um, <laughs> for for this absolute nonsense situation that um, that football finds itself in. But that is where we are, and uh, yeah. So I think getting getting at least one or two signings over the line very early, and not doing the financial nonsense of waiting till July the first to to do it all because it then appears in next season's accounts. Get it done. Get the PR get the PR boost. Mm. Get the um, season ticket sold. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good, goodwill is an intangible thing on the, on the balance sheet, but uh, season ticket revenue definitely goes, goes on there. Mm. So, um, yeah. I mean, you've got to, uh, I think after the, the last three months that, that people have put up with, I think you've kind of got to uh, provide a bit, a um, bit more of a carrot for, um, for people to part with their hard earned money. Get um, everybody back on side. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, at the end of the day, it's not, it's not cheap. Um, I mean, I know we're not, we're not the most expensive in the league, but we're certainly not the cheapest either. And yet again, the whole sort of net spend thing, we, we don't, we don't spend what we don't have, which is fine, but perhaps it's got to be spent a little bit smarter and a little bit, a little bit quicker. Make sure we, um, if we, if we get the drop on, on a, on a club or two on, on a particular player who's, who's being scouted quite widely, then all of a sudden everyone sort of wakes up and says, Oh um saints are saints are getting their business done they they know exactly what they want these owners know what they're doing okay great
2: i can get i can get on board with that hmm. yeah as you said last week glenn but it's going to be another summer of hitting f5 every day to see what's going yeah. on um i want to finish with the positive let's talk about the women's game from yesterday because it wasn't a classic two teams that only lost one game all season i think but that was a great result yesterday so pleased to see that for them glenn
0: yeah, yeah, they, yeah, it wasn't the best of games, but they, they did the job that they needed to do knockout football, cup football, playoff football, whatever. It's about winning the game. And, and they were, they were very professional in the way they went about it. There was very few alarms. Um, all they had to having gone one new up, which is a lovely goal. If you haven't seen it, mm. check it, check out the, the way Sophia Farrow takes the ball down and zips around the goalkeeper's. Brilliant finish. Having got a goal in front and dominated the first half, really, Wolves had a player sent off just before half-time for just a moment of madness. So having, having already been booked, she then got nutmegged, hacked away at the player who nutmegged her, and then for good measure had a kick at her on the ground. So... I think she got about four yellow cards. <laughs> it would have been a straight red anyway. <laughs> it? Incident, yeah. <laughs> bit of descent as well. Added that into the mix. So yeah, that was that was special. But the the second half was, I think it got a bit it got a bit nervy, and we didn't, as quite often happens, teams play better with ten men or ten people rather, and we didn't um, we didn't really stretch them out as, as as well as we should have done. Didn't keep the ball well enough, so it, it got a bit nervy. There was a couple of sort of silly mistakes at the back that could have let Wolves in, but. But ultimately, they got they got the job done quite comfortably. So uh, yeah, fair play to them, and it was um, yeah, it was it was an enjoyable one to watch. And um, and I I just hope that the you know the the club give them the the sort of back and they deserve to um, do whatever they need to do in the championship next year. And you know it'd be nice if they uh, mimicked the men's team and uh, just had the one year in the championship and, and went, straight, straight, back back, went yeah. straight back up. I'm not too au fait with the the strength of the uh, the women's championship, but you know there won't be the teams in there that. You thrash 9 0 like they have been this year. I mean, mm. who loses 9 0? I mean, is it your guys. Bristol
2: cities? And, and that is like Bristol City, isn't it? Bristol, or is it, uh, yeah, yeah, Br- it?
1: Yeah, Bristol City, uh, Lewis, obviously Coventry United, who stayed up with that absolutely ridiculous 94th yes. minute free kick, yeah, which yeah. Sent, sent, sent Watford down. Um, who else is in there? Birmingham are coming down, I think, yeah. for the first time since the Super League was formed.
2: Some meaty games, um, then. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah there will be, the way- there'll be, there'll be, there'll be some
0: good teams yeah there won't be any easy games in there but but then you know I was talking about the sort of age range of the the men's team at the moment the the women's team they've got kind of experience at center back and in center midfield but everyone else is young you know everyone else is sort of twenty twenty one twenty two so and we've got there's one there's one woman who's ridiculously young seventeen or something so that there's there you know there's a lot of improvement to be to be had in those players and and um and obviously there'll be one or two more coming in i'd have thought for the um you know, for the championship. So yeah, like I say I just hope the club give them the back and they deserve because they've been um, a major positive in what's oh, they're, been they're, they're a rather the trophy lousy, cabinet, aren't they? Absolutely, Absolutely. We need, we need a, to get
2: a bigger trophy cabinet for all their, their uh, clubs yeah, and leagues and yeah. things. I and mean,
0: it's been, you know, for Southampton as a whole, it's been a pretty lousy last <laughs> last few months, and um, and they they've been a definite bright spark
2: yeah great to see Uh, right before we go big shout out to some of our loyal and much loved patrons thank you for all your support in our Matt Letizia tier we've got Colt Baker Dave Ernsberger, Ed Busy Phil Cook and Nick Higston in the Francis Bernali tier we've got Nick Reed Matt Hall and David Melton of course you can find out more about becoming a TSP patron and all the benefits that come with that on the website Um, thank you Steve thank you Glenn I shall see you on Friday for the live events Um, very much looking forward to that tickets are still available there's loads of stuff we're going to talk about we're going to properly review the season we're going to get into whether the manager stays and whether we should make a change all the players we want to see come and go so uh, it's going to be a really interesting debate it's on Friday night we're going to be at Five Rivers Sports Bar all raising money for the Saints Foundation so if you can come along it'd be great to see you Um, the link to buy tickets is in the description for the podcast Uh, give us a follow wherever you might be listening and you can always get in touch on the socials it's at total saints pod on Twitter and Facebook or you can drop us an email via the website Uh, thanks for listening to thank you for listening throughout the season and we'll see you on friday for the live 200th episode
3: away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com
0: even on a budget quality is non-negotiable